Eric Roberts is a fucking man He's the greatest fucking actor since acting began We should give him every medal, every trophy and award He's the greatest fucking actor that you've ever seen or ever heard Get your freak on. It's episode number 89 of Eric Roberts is the fucking man, the world's most tiresome Eric Roberts related podcast. I'm Doug Tilly and joining me as usual is the son of a plumber, Liam O'Donnell. How are you doing today, Liam? You know, I'm pretty good, Doug. How are you doing up there in Canada? Oh boy, I'll tell you, it's been a week, as they say, Liam. Uh, Now, just pulling back the curtain a little bit, we have actually, uh, Liam, our guest today and myself, we've actually already recorded this episode, or what I should say is we already talked to each other about this episode, and the recording had a bit of a hiccup, and uh, the episode, uh, entirely my fault, ended up not getting recorded properly. So uh, I want to thank you, Liam, for taking the time to return to do this once again. Uh, And our guest, I'm going to thank him when we introduce him, but uh, I will... The thing uh, is, Doug... Mea culpa! The thing is, Doug, Eric Roberts is the fucking man. It's just an unending Ouroboros of suffering with no difference in between any aspect of it. So... You know, this is just one more uh, fever dream of pain and uh, and uh, insults. So, you know, I- I'm ready to do I, I it was, again. This is, I mean, it is sort of an interesting uh, listen from our, our listeners' like uh, perspective here. Because we all now, Liam, have to pretend that we're surprised by things that we're already aware of. So I want listeners to listen really closely to, to see if you can notice the performance in our voices. And also, it does give me an, uh, an opportunity to swerve left when you guys are expecting right, and uh, and maybe make the make a, have a little fun with that, Liam. I mean, if if it makes this uh, show interesting, then it's entirely worth it. What are you trying to say here, Liam? <laughs> you know, nothing. Just all right, just all talking, right. just all right. doing some talking. All right, shut up, Liam. Today's first-time guest is a writer and editor at Talk Film Society. You can find him on Twitter at the Real Matt C. All one word. It's Matt Curion. How are you doing today, Matt? Great. Love being a first-time guest. First time first I've time. ever met you guys. It, it's deja vu all over again, as yes, they say. Um, but, I, Matt, it is very exciting to have you back on the show. <laughs> <laughs> for the first time, even. No, I mean, Matt, yes. thank you so much for taking the time. I know our listeners appreciate it because I did already tweet out that you were going to be yes. on it. Yeah, and I... I don't like disappointing people, though <laughs> we do have a habit of doing it on the Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man podcast. But Matt, even though you've already told me the answer, tell me about your life with Eric Roberts. What did I say last time? Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> say something different this time. <laughs> Keep us on our toes. No, I don't think I can. Uh, all right. Yeah. Uh, Eric Roberts. I mean, he's that that handsome gentleman who, uh, you know, through most of my life was just that guy. Mm-hmm. And, and then... Uh, the Dark Knight happened, and Christopher Nolan decided to put him in as uh, the mob boss, and I decided I'm going to look into him, and that's where I discovered it, it was kind of like it was kind of like a backdoor into Bob Fosse's work, who has become one of my favorite filmmakers uh, because I saw Star Eighty uh, pretty pretty close to when I first saw The Dark Knight, so it's like I got they at both ends of the spectrum of uh, his career. Uh, at the time, and uh, it was fascinating. I, I, he became a favorite of mine. Now, uh, speaking of Bob Fosse, Matt, th- my understanding is that there's going to be a what a biographical mini series about Bob Fosse coming out in 2019. Have you heard about this? I've yes, I have actually. I had forgotten about it. <laughs> well, I'm it's, sure now it's back on my radar. Yes, thank you. <laughs> this is what I do. I put things back on radars. But now, Matt, this is a question that you have not been asked before. So hold tight. If you had to cast a Star 80 era Eric Roberts for this miniseries, what actor would you choose? Wow. Um, I know. It's a powerful question. Sebastian Stan. Now, what about Sebastian Stan just yells out Eric Roberts to you? They both have that handsome look. (laughs) They are handsome. That's it. They they both have that handsome look. Uh, Yeah. Okay, hey, that, that's good enough for me. Same question. Yeah, they over... handsome look and they can carry a mustache. Car- wow. Actually, that, that's a big one, actually. <laughs> <laughs> that particular mustache. That and particular both... mustache, they can both carry that well. 
Yeah, and both both have experience uh, constructing sex chairs uh, on their free time. <laughs> uh, over to over to you, Liam. Liam, young Eric Roberts, who could pull it off in a Bob Fosse miniseries? Young Eric Roberts. I know. Um. Ooh. Uh-huh. I I almost said Joseph Gordon-Levitt actually, but I I don't think he can pull off the level of like chill. You know what I mean? I'm trying to think who would work. I don't have a good option. Eric Roberts is such a singular figure, especially as a young man. Um, and you know, we've met him. We know he's a very relaxed dude. So, so I'm, I'm thinking of relaxed dudes. But then they got to be able to pull off that anxiety level of Star Eighty. You know, like who he is in Star Eighty is not who he is. I'm assuming, unless he's changed his personality since he became an older gentleman. Uh, but that you know, we didn't we didn't meet Star Eighty Eric Roberts. So I don't know who could do both of those things believably. I, I don't have a good option. Now I have a question for both of you. Some people on our Twitter feed have uh, suggested that maybe Jonathan Reese Myers could be a younger version of Eric Roberts. Now he is currently forty-one years old, which is a pretty young, a pretty pretty old to play that role in in a Star Eighty type performance. But uh, but thoughts on that? Uh, start, starting with you, Matt. Jonathan Reese Myers. I have to Google him. He looks. Uh, I have to say, even now he. Looks oh, old. okay, yeah. Match point. Yeah, he'd be good. Sure. Why not? Uh, but he's, he's got that. He's got a very similar look to young Eric Roberts. S- uh, same uh, over to you, uh, Liam. Any any possibility? Jonathan Reese Myers. If all he had to do was look like him, he's he's a good fit. <laughs> you're, you're saying that you don't think he's a very good actor. Um, I think he could pull off the Star Eighty version of Eric Roberts. Like he could be Eric Roberts like that, but. Um, you know, Eric Roberts isn't always amped. He gets amped for roles. He can be amped. But, I, you know, you would need someone who could also be the relaxed, chill Eric Roberts. And uh, I don't think that guy's got it in him to be smooth and charming. Well, I'm looking at him now. Uh, he can also carry the mustache. So that's that's kind of the big part. That's, that I was, the, that's yeah. the very important thing. Well, we'll find out all about Eric Roberts and his history and the latest Eric Roberts news on The Roberts Report. It's the Roberts Report for episode number 89 of Eric Roberts is the fucking man. And as per usual, we start with a deep dive in the man himself's Twitter feed. You can follow Eric Roberts on Twitter at Eric Roberts, all one word. Back on December 3rd, Eric Roberts, he actually uh, posted a link on his Twitter to his own Internet Movie Database page and commented with it. It's been said that my IMDb page is the hashtag Netflix of actors. So Netflix, why aren't I doing anything with you? I'd love to. Just saying. Now this this is this bowled me over when I read it, uh, Matt and Liam. Eric Roberts wants to be in a Netflix television series. Uh, and I, look, when I think of Netflix, I think of all the the uh, projects that they've released in 2018, what they have on the dock for 2019. Boy, the ideas just run through my head. Starting with you, Liam, if you could see Eric Roberts in any current Netflix series, which one would you like to see him in? The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Now explain this further. I haven't. I've have yet to see this is that, is series. That right? Is it Chilling Adventures? I think that's right. You um, watched it, right? <laughs> I have. I just call it Sabrina. I forget that there's a whole introductory phrase to that show. Um, yeah, you know, Sabrina's the the Netflix show based off of the comic character who mm-hmm. is adjacent to Archie. So it's it's similar to Riverdale uh, in that it's an update of those characters. Mm-hmm. And I can see Eric Roberts being Mr. Weatherby. Oh no! Like a like a warlock, <laughs> some sort of creepy warlock or wizard, or maybe they haven't yet introduced any actual witch hunters, but they're suggesting oh. they exist. So maybe he could be a, a creepy witch hunter, um, or he could he could be a charming local. You know, it's not just witches on the show; there are actual humans. So maybe he could be one of those. Now, uh, Liam, um, I, I again, as I mentioned, I have not yet s- seen this Sabrina series, but you are a man of faith, Liam. Uh, do you have any issues with the I, what I've read are Satanistic concepts in this Sabrina series? Satan, Liam. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty stoked on Satan, but um, <laughs> I would say the show actually is pretty funny because it's clearly a show that has religious anxiety. And on the show, you know, 
the the Satanists, the witches on the show who mm-hmm. are, you know, worshippers of Satan are just evangelicals who fuck, which for the most part, evangelicals fuck and just lie about it. So oh. uh, I would say is it know, lying a sin, though? Yeah, they they're they're hypocrites, Doug. That's oh. all I'm suggesting. Oh, and, and in the show, the the witches are also hypocrites because it's all freedom and we don't follow the false god. And then it's just rules, 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 rules for poor little Sabrina, and she just wants to live her life. I mean, okay. in a way, the show is just a celebration of neoliberal idealism, so it's it's kind of you know messed up. But but I like it, so whatever. But you do want to see Eric Roberts in it. Uh, over to you, Matt. Satan, yay or nay? I'm all for him. You're pro Satan, 2018 pro Satan. <laughs> he does good work sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> now, Matt, I don't think I've ever asked you this uncomfortable question before. Oh God, <laughs> are you a man of faith? Uh, no, no. So, no faith at all. Faith nope. in humanity, faith in God. None of that. Uh, sometimes humanity, sure, but not the other one. Uh, no, I have issues, Matt. So. <laughs> net, a Netflix TV series featuring Eric Roberts. Which one should it be? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can act like <laughs> I haven't asked you this before. <laughs> hmm. Uh, Stranger Things. Why the hell not? Stranger Things season. Well, I guess it would have to be season four since season three yeah. I think, has already been filmed, featuring Eric Roberts. Now, I haven't watched the second series of Stranger Things yet, but I believe we're still in like the mid '80s. Is that correct? I believe so. So, like, say '86, '87. Featuring Eric Roberts, I think that would work. It's funny that both of you have mentioned spooky TV series. What what about Eric Roberts, Matt? Makes you think uh, he could do well in a spooky setting. He's just got that aura, a spooky aura. He, he's got he's, got, he's very spooky. Uh, no, he could like I feel like he could be able to turn that on if he needed to, and he doesn't need to play a scary character in these. He could just play like uh, like Liam said, like a normal like you know town person, you know. Matt, is Netflix killing cinema? Possibly. Does that bother you at all? Not really. Why we had not? A good, we, we had a good run. You Did know. we, though? Movies have been know. around since the 1890s. I think we're doing good. Liam, are you ready to say goodbye to cinema? It wouldn't be saying goodbye to cinema. It would oh. be saying goodbye to the theatrical experience, mm-hmm. which, no, I'm not ready to say goodbye to the theatrical experience. I'm, I'm of a mixed mind about it. I think cinema alarmists are clearly ridiculous because mm-hmm. uh, cinema isn't like, it's not going to go away. And honestly, it's been in danger since day one. So um, <clears throat> I think the idea that every new thing is going to kill it is ridiculous. However, uh, you know, Netflix could contribute to the end of the theatrical experience because like many things, we assume the theatrical experience was a given. So we just let it get bad. Uh, and now it's bad. So of it course people bad. don't want to do it. Uh, but when it's good, it's great, and I'm not willing to give up on it. My hope is that I will always live in an urban environment where people won't let the theatrical experience go away. Uh, and if it goes away in other places, that sucks. But, you know, we've already let schools die in those places. I guess we can let theaters die, too. I feel like you're being somewhat facetious in uh, what you're <laughs> saying there, Liam. Uh, Matt, back over to you. When a movie gets released, should it be same-day available to purchase? That would be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't mind that, actually. Because then, I mean, if it's like, all right, if I, if there's movies that come out where it's like, oh, I need to go see this on a big screen, like uh, Mission Impossible Fallout. I, mm-hmm. I went to go see that in IMAX. But, like, say, like a smaller movie, maybe I don't want to leave the house. You know? Maybe, maybe my TV at home is big enough. Sure. My, I don't ever like to leave the house. And frankly, I don't have a repertory cinema nearby me at all. So I only have the option of a multiplex. And frankly, their presentation is very subpar, I would say, Matt. Yeah, I don't have one of those either. I don't have a repertory theater. No. Yeah. So, Liam, I think uh, you should get off your high horse. I mean, that's fine. Legs are so long. Yeah. No, I mean, 100%. I get what people are saying, but you're all wrong, and uh, I'm better than you. So that's just how it is. Well, yeah, I know. But, I mean, this is just one thing. I'm smarter and better than you, Doug. There's a whole list of them that are more important than this. All right. All right, Liam. Let's calm down a little bit. Back on November 30th, Eric Roberts (laughs) tweeted, why is it I practically require power tools to open the package containing my new toothbrush, but virtually anyone can buy and easily use 
a weapon. And I do think that in this case, the weapon he's referring to is a gun. Uh, sticking with you for a second, Liam, now I know that you are a big Second Amendment supporter, uh, that you actually, um, I mean, I believe you rallied for greater access to guns. What do you, what do you feel when you see Eric Roberts tweeting something like this? Ugh, I hate you so much. Excuse me? I can't yes and you when the whole bit is that I'm a monster. I am unwilling <laughs> to do that. Uh, there's nothing monstrous, Liam, about supporting uh, the Second Amendment. I mean, your whole country was built on it. I mean, to be fair, I actually uh-huh. do have some mixed feelings about the Second Amendment only because um, I think the the original question around gun ownership was really around this idea uh, with the Black Panthers, that they were communities of color that mm-hmm. were under siege from the police and they wanted to protect themselves. So like knowing that history, part of me is like, well, maybe. But then on the other hand, I, you know, my own personal thing is I'm a total pacifist and guns make me uncomfortable. I don't like them. I don't like seeing them. And I don't mean just seeing them on, uh, you know, jagaloons walking in the supermarket, which oh, I occasionally goodness. do around here. But I mean, even on police themselves, I, I'd like to. Uh, disarm everybody. Let's take them off those uh, those cops walking the speed as well, uh, and just uh, let's get let's get rid of them all together. I'm not a big fan. Um, but that being said, I'm not sure that everyone's ready to get on board with me with that, and that makes the Second Amendment issue a little more complicated. Pretty controversial words here from Liam O'Donnell. Sounds like he really wants to take your guns away, listeners. Yeah, I'd love to. That'd be great. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> Matt, uh, imagine you're going to have a, an opposing position on this. Eric Roberts says that it's a uh, it's easier to open up a CD, a brand new CD, and all that shrink wrap than it is to uh, buy a gun. Is that what he's saying? I can't remember. Matt, what do you oh, think about that? I think he, that. well, I don't think he brushes his teeth with compact discs. Uh, he uses a <laughs> toothbrush. <laughs> but uh, what was your question? You like guns, right? No. God, no. They're scary. Matt, what's the they highest make, uh, caliber? Much like, Liam, much like Liam, they make me very uncomfortable. But what's, what makes you so uncomfortable about something that is just used for home protection? Because they're, they're filled with bullets. Oh, that's and true. And I, and I don't like people who, like, carry bullets with them. That's weird. I don't know. I think you guys are talking like there's a mass shooting happening every that. few weeks in your country, which yeah. just happens to be the absolute truth, particularly <laughs> in this awful year of 2018. So I guess we're going to have to agree to disagree, by which I mean I'm on the right side of history. You guys, you, you cray-cray, I like to say, Liam. I know, and I wish you would stop. <laughs> also on November 30th, Eric Roberts <laughs> tweeted, Life is at times masterpiece-level tragic. Shakespeare had it right in addressing both comedy and tragedy, working and mastering both. Requires acceptance, but we must always use everything we've got to replace pain with true joy. We're rapidly approaching the end of the year, gentlemen. What are we going to do to make the world a better place that's easier to live in? I'm going to stick with you for a second, Matt. What can we do to save the world in 2019? Say hi to more people. I think we should be saying hi. You know, I I know that Canadians have this ridiculous reputation of being nice and, and you know, uh, polite and all that sort of thing, which, of course, isn't strictly true at all. Uh, though I have to say, where I grew up in Newfoundland, Canada, people did say hi to each other, I think, a little bit more. And now, are you, being, uh, are you being sarcastic here, Matt? Do you really think we should be saying hi to each other? No, because I say hi to people. Yeah. Or, or, right? at, least, or, or I at least nod in their general direction. Like, like hello. You know, you give a little nod. Matt, recently, I don't, I, don't, I don't tip my hat because my hat doesn't have a brim. Hmm. Because that would be weird. <laughs> it would be. I, have, I wear like a beanie, and that would be weird to like tip a beanie. I don't think yes, that works. <laughs> Matt, uh, recently, I've been playing a game called Red Dead Redemption Two. It's a video game, and it's I say hi. Good, yes. Yeah, it's good. I say hi to everybody in that game. I'm tipping my hat. I'm saying hello. Yes. How you doing? I'm telling people they have kind faces. Matt. <laughs> but it, then it, I get upset when people yell at me when I say hi to them. Uh, people look, but that's like the real world. Uh, over to you, Liam. Should we be saying hi to people? I mean, uh, I, I guess as long as it's not me, don't say hi to me. That makes me uncomfortable. What? Okay. Well, that's. I mean, that is a, a, a interesting point, which is that maybe some people don't even want that level of interaction. Some people kind of uh, uh, don't enjoy people saying hello to them. But Liam, uh, back to the original question being asked: What can we do to make the world a better place in 2019? I don't know, Doug. Um, I, I got a whole list of things I want to see happen. I just don't know how we're going to make them happen in, in, in 2019. You know, I'd like us to, you know, reduce fossil fuels. Mm-hmm. I'd like us to stop uh, bombing other countries. I'd like us to, 
uh, invest in uh, green energy and, in fact, invest in public works all around and maybe just take a, you know, a couple 20 bill off of that military budget here in the U.S. and put that into something else like education or. Uh, I mean, I'll be honest with you. Well, this all but, sounds like so much work. I mean, yeah, that's a, that is the problem is that every idea I have would be a lot of work. And no one seems stoked on that. I mean, honestly, Liam, it sounds to me what you really want is a violent overthrow. How are you going to do that without those guns? This is the issue. This Mm -hmm. is the issue, Doug. (laughs) You've really put you've really put your finger on it here. Um, I think I think my problem is I suspect that uh, though there are a lot of guns in this country, and there are there are quite a lot of guns. We would need so many guns and people to actually do the thing that many on the left are dreaming of. I'm just very skeptical that we can do it. I just don't think it would happen. So I kind of think the the gun thing just makes people feel better, but it's they're not actually useful. They're just scary and, and dangerous. Liam, on the most recent episode of Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man, we mentioned that it was uh, soon to be released, the movie Head Full of Honey. Uh, and, and the reviews are now in. Uh, back on November 30th, uh, there's a review by Rex Reed titled, This Nick Nolte comedy about Alzheimer's is as funny as a root canal without anesthesia. Ouch! That, <laughs> that Rex Reed has his finger on the pulse once again. Uh, now, he does mention Eric Roberts in the review itself. He says, There is nary a convincing moment in this fiasco, and although Eric Roberts, Greta Scacchi, Jake Weber, and a game cast stumble through the cinematic sludge bravely, nothing really works. So, ooh, some uh, some complex feelings here on Head Full of Honey. You know, Liam, when I was a teenager, I had uh I used to read film guides. Do you ever read film guides, Liam? Uh yep. Which what's your favorite? What what are the film guides that you like to read? Ooh, I don't know that I have a favorite. Um I don't know that I have a favorite cuz I only got them from my uh stepdad who wasn't my stepdad at the time he's just my mom's boyfriend uh-huh. and i know he had them and i would look through them a little bit but i don't i didn't read them enough to like remember much i just remember reading them and thinking how would i find any of these movies <laughs> I, I don't know how i would even find any of these movies uh they all sound cool but i didn't know i was too young to really make the effort to find anything yet sure um, that was that was was until college. I really started trying to locate rare movies. Sure, Matt. How about you? Did you uh, were you obsessed with film guides uh, in your formative years? I wasn't obsessed, but I for a few Christmases in a row, I would get Leonard Maltin's movie guide. Sure, I think a lot of us probably read. I, that I was, actually that was would, good. I would flip through that and read it. I I mean, I was a really dorky. Awful child, but I mean, I definitely <laughs> <Same>. read, <laughs> read a lot of Leonard Maltin's film guide. But the reason I brought this up is that my mother once went to England to visit her sister, and when she came back, she brought back the Time Out film guide, uh, and I read it uh, so much. I just read it again and again and again. But the reason I bring this up is that one of the movies that they mentioned, and I can't remember the movie's title, described uh, Greta Scacchi, who's in this movie right here, Head Full of Honey, and they <laughs> call her talentless sex pot Greta Scotchy, which I thought was one of the meanest things <laughs> that anyone has ever written about an actress. Um, Liam, say something nice about Eric Roberts. Uh, he is very charming and humble in person. That's that's true. You know, uh, this is uh, not something we mentioned on the previous uh Recording of this, but just in the last couple of days, on December 10th, uh, they released on YouTube a clip from the upcoming documentary, In Search of the Last Action Heroes. Uh, And it was a clip of Eric Roberts discussing his career, specifically in regards to uh, his role in Best of the Best. And he was talking about how much he loves to play villains. And now, Matt, knowing that you kind of got turned on to Eric Roberts with his villainous turn in The Dark Knight, uh, what do you think? Do you think Eric Roberts is better as a villain or as a hero, I like him as a bad guy. Why is it? What is it about Eric Roberts as a bad guy? Do you enjoy so much? He's he's got that look, like he he can pull off swarmy very well. <laughs> there's there's a certain like like as Liam was alluding to in real life, he doesn't have that kind of smarm to him at all. But you're right, on screen it does kind of exude out of him. Like uh, like that the line that he has in The Dark Knight where he goes to the woman he's like what makes you think i want to hear you talk i'm like that's that's perfect that's that's a perfect line reading liam have you ever used that line in real life no i have <laughs> how'd that work out for you oh, we left it was fun <laughs> we gotta laugh you know you gotta laugh look 2018 you gotta, you you gotta laugh gotta laugh out of it liam telemundo 
Telemundo. Telemundo is a television station that I, I believe is meant to uh, appeal to Hispanic audiences. Is that correct, Liam? Uh, I, I, yes, that's actually true. I was about to correct you, and then I realized that is your term is actually fine. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, because Hispanic is considered problematic because not everyone who lives in those areas is a Spanish speaker, but then they wouldn't be watching Telemundo because everything is in Spanish. (laughs) So the preferred term for the general area would be uh, Latino or Latinx because Latino is actually gendered. Uh, But I think a lot of people still go with Latino or Latin. Well, one thing that isn't worthy of lengthy conversation is that Telemundo is bringing back Lorena del Sur. (laughs) Which is a show that I guess was on years and years ago, but they're bringing it back for season number two with Kate Del Castillo uh, reprising her role as Teresa Mendoza. And this is interesting. In 2019, the show is returning featuring Eric Roberts. And, you know, maybe Eric Roberts will be in an English-speaking role, which might make my uh, reference to Hispanic being correct, Liam. Yeah. Um, uh I totally missed what you just said. I'm sorry. It's all right, Liam. We're all having a little bit of fun, and already you've heard a lot of this before, so I can imagine you're nodding off over there. Matt, over to you for a moment. Yes. Have you ever watched Telemundo? Uh, it's one of the few channels I get at work. Oh. So, yes, I, I put it on from time to time. I have no idea what the heck they're saying, but uh, yeah, I watch it. Matt, do you, do you speak a second language? I speak a... Very tiny bit of Spanish and sure. a little bit of German. Now, say something to me in German, please. I, yeah, okay. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> no, I can't. Honestly. I'm sorry. I don't mean I to took, put you on I the took, spot. I took German for like three years in high school, and I can't speak a lick of it. That's, that's fine. But if you could speak any language in the world, Matt, any language at all, what language would it be? Japanese. Japanese. Now, why is that? You like anime? Is that why you want to you want to watch <laughs> anime programming as it as it airs, as opposed to same day subtitles? I'm trying to watch anime. Uh, uh-huh. That's besides the point. No, it's just like I I really like Japanese film, and I would sure. like to be able to watch it and you know like just have it on and be able to understand what's what's going on without staring at the screen. Sure. Like I, I don't have to pause it if someone comes in the room. You know. Absolutely. Uh, Liam, uh, same question over to you, but before that, would you like to be able to speak and understand Japanese so you could watch your favorite animes? <laughs> I I don't I don't watch a lot of anime actually. Why is that? Uh, uh, it's just not something I'm I'm stoked on anymore. I guess I was in high school, but not not that much anymore. Okay, well, what language, Liam? Any language in the entire world? Uh, I I think I would have to go with Spanish just because it's something I've tried to learn many times and I don't know it and that is frustrating um and it would you know it it would come in handy the most in everyday life how so Uh, because lots of people speak spanish oh they do especially in your country i feel like everyone should make an attempt to speak spanish in your country liam i i would agree i think for a lot of people it is a a uh tense political issue for them but for me uh, for all kinds of racist reasons. Oh, but for for me, um, <laughs> it's just because being Puerto Rican, I would love to be able to respond to people when they just assume I do speak Spanish, uh, but I don't. When you have to say I do not speak Spanish, well, how do you say that? How do you say that in Spanish? Um, no I me mean, gusta. I, I, no, uh, <laughs> that would be I don't like. No, I mean you could say. Uh, <laughs> You could say, uh, what is it? No habla español, but I don't usually, I don't usually say that. I just respond in English because it's just easier. Because a lot of times Mm -hmm. if someone's not speaking too quickly, I know what they said. Oh, so I can answer them in English, but I, I just can't answer them in Spanish in any sort of real way. So I just respond in English and most places they just take that as, Oh, this person doesn't speak Spanish. I'll respond in English. It's fine. Uh, but that also means that's why they all assume I'm not, uh, you know, Latinx. They assume I'm, then I usually get a lot of like, Oh, he must be Arabic or he must be Italian or he must, you know, whatever. And I, and Latinx is a pretty cool thing to say, by the way. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's, it's controversial because, um, gender issues are controversial in the, in our community. So. Liam, Liam, you know the band Bush? Sure. Remember they had that, the, the, Matt, are you the, uh, a fan of this band, Bush? No, I just can't stop laughing at the fact that 
no me gusta espanol like i don't like spanish like that's something you would say <laughs> I, would, I should say that from now on yeah <laughs> no me gusta well, espanol what? Well, back, that's rude. Back to the band Bush. They were very popular in the late 90s. They were like an alternative rock band, uh, yeah. Bush. Well, here in Canada, uh, at the time that they were big, this band Bush, there was already a band in Canada called Bush. So officially on their albums and in their videos and whatnot, they had to be referred to in Canada for a, a few years at least as Bush X. What do you think about that, Liam? I hate it. Yeah, Matt. Any thoughts on that? I thought you were going to say they were called the Bush, but no. Yeah, that the Bush X is fine, I guess. <laughs> I prefer. I, I, prefer I prefer the Bush. <laughs> I still refer to him as Bush X. Liam, here's a movie you're probably going to be interested in. Three men all lose a very vital piece of equipment in the hilarious film Gender Bender. Liam, offensive title? Would you say? I tuned out as soon as you started to say the name of the movie i just shut down and i, I don't even know what we're talking about anymore well maybe it's being used ironically let's let's uh, let's get a sense of the plot summary here gender bender's premise revolves around three close childhood friends who have each been dealt a major professional blow by losing their promotions due to the existing feministic balance of powers what does that mean what does that mean what i'm guessing that, that means that that because of feminism they lost their jobs liam is feministic a word? Did they just make that up for this fucking write-up? Liam, keep listening. This causes them to go to their local bar and sheer in their miseries. They then drink the day away and are approached by a shady character who offers them the secret to the power that women possess. The power of women, Liam! Due to their inebriated state, they are convinced to enter a dark universe by a Japanese mystical man who has the power to change lives. The power that occurs with, with each of these men isn't exactly one they desired for. It's not good uh, good writing there. As they find themselves with a new piece of equipment that comes with heavy consequences. Matt, gender bender, how does that sound to you? This sounds awful. This sounds kind of awful. It does. <laughs> it sounds I just... terrible. Uh, Matt, have you ever lost a job because of uh, the feministic balance of powers? No. No? No. Are you sure? Maybe? Okay. Uh, I should mention, by the way, that not only does this fil film feature Eric Roberts, it also features the great Gilbert Gottfried, Matt. Does that turn you around on the subject of seeing Gender Bender? The duck himself. But no, I, no, not at all. <laughs> I have no. to say, uh, I'm just removing some of my ironic detachment for a little bit. This sounds absolutely terrible. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> it, it sounds unwatchably horrid. Also, look... You know what? Tone deaf. <laughs> Tone deaf. It might have. It might be coming out at like the least appropriate time in human history. Uh, maybe even more. Not more so. Not more so than that movie where they gave out the AR-15 as promotion for it. But it's. <laughs> I don't think that this is a movie that I want to promote on this show, Liam. But we do have to watch it. Isn't that correct? <sighs> I mean, hopefully, I'll be dead before that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, at the rate things are going, Liam, I think we'll all be dead by then. So that's a comforting thought. Yeah, I mean, it's how I sleep at night. Recently added to the ever-expanding Eric Roberts IMDb page is 2019's Hollywood, that's W-O-U-L-D, Wood, directed by Joshua Coates, who also directed 2017's But Deliver Us From Evil, which also featured Eric Roberts. Uh, the plot is award-winning writer, celebrity Mark Travis, seeks inspiration by returning to his hometown. What he finds is not what he expected. Her name is Holly. What Hollywood do is like nothing Mark has ever experienced before. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> Hollywood, uh, pretty interesting sounding plot there. Matt, I can tell from your response that you're excited to check out Hollywood, uh, which features Eric Roberts in a dual role. So this is a, another uh, appealing thing as Leon Davenport and Edward Travis. I wonder how that works. Two roles in it. When you hear that Eric Roberts is in a movie playing two roles, Matt, how excited does that make you? Slightly more than I was before. But I still don't want to see this. <laughs> when, I, when I told you that, Matt, that the title of this movie is Hollywood, spelled W-O-U-L-D, and then you discover that it's about a woman named Holly, what kind of emotions does that make you feel? I groan. Mm -hmm. Internally mm -hmm. and externally. Right, I heard it, I did. But any other emotions course through your body? I shivered a little. Shiver, shiver. How about you, Liam? What emotions are you feeling right now? When I was in high school, there was this shitty kid who would uh, comment on all of the other uh, students who were female. And oh. his comment was he thought it was very funny 
that the word would and the word would uh, as in you would do something mm-hmm. that they sounded the same. So then he would say would in that he had would in his boner and that he would engage in sexual congress with someone. And I hated this person and I wanted them to die. So when you read <laughs> when you read the name of this movie, it made me feel very unhappy. Okay. Well, because it reminded me of that kid. Like it's it's very unhappy. Do you follow him on Facebook, Liam? Does he still make this kind of uh, this kind of joke? <laughs> I, ass- I assume he died. I don't know. I just I like to think that everyone I didn't like in high school is now dead. Okay. Well, d- tell us what his name was. I'm gonna go ahead and avoid that because uh, I, just don't I can't think, think of any idea. negative legal entanglements that could occur <laughs> from you putting his name here on the program. We could all do a search for him on Facebook and send him a DM asking him if he still thinks Wood is funny. <laughs> <sighs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> I just exhaust. I'm exhausted at the memory, and I'm exhausted at you continuing that line of questioning. Well, would you, Liam, like us to take our first break? I would love it. We are going to take our first break. When we return, we have a real treat—a uh, pretty rare treat here on Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man. We're going back to the year 1986 and the uh, made-for-Showtime film *Slow Burn*, featuring Eric Roberts and a star. Studded cast. It's a neo noir, and we're going to talk about it right after this. is hired by Gerald McMurdy to find his ex-wife Lane and their son in Palm Springs. Jacob finds Lane and a teenager named Donnie who may or may not be Gerald's son. He also finds an intricate web of deceit and betrayal that begin to lead to death. He takes it upon himself to unravel the mystery and find out who is killing people and why. Directed by Matthew Chapman, uh, who directed the movie The Ledge a few years back. You might be aware of that one. He also is the writer of uh, some particularly popular movies like Runaway Jury and Color of Night, which features uh, Bruce Willis's penis in it. Uh, this is Slow Burn from the year 1986, as I mentioned before, a made-for-showtime, uh, kind of a, a modern noir, a neo-noir film featuring Eric Roberts as the lead, Jacob Ash, uh, who's sort of a ex-reporter uh, who is now who went to jail and now is a, a private detective, a pretty interesting career shift. We also have Beverly D'Angelo uh, making another appearance in Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man, as well as Henry Gibson, Dan Hedaya, and a very young Johnny Depp as Donnie in this. And yeah, you do have a scene which features Eric Roberts uh, facing off with Johnny Depp. That's something that you've already uh, always wanted to see. Uh, starting with our guest today, Matt, what did you think of 1986's Slow Burn? I dug the hell out of it. Uh, it's I, I had no idea this was going to be a, a noir before mm. I put it on because I had never heard of it before I, before before uh, you sent it to me and yeah this is uh, pretty good I, I love the cast I think they're 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 pretty pretty great across the board D'Angelo's good uh, Roberts is uh, he he plays a, a like a detective really well and I didn't see that coming sure so yeah and and it's it's got some good twists and turns, and yeah, I'm all about it. We should mention here that this movie is 
kind of difficult to track down. Uh, you can find it right now on YouTube. In It's been split into parts, but there isn't, I don't think, a high-quality digital release of Slow Burn. So even the version that we all watched for this episode was sort of a VHS dupe, which has, like, uh, yeah. tracking marks on it at some point. Um, it actually says auto-tracking. I yeah, took you back to my absolutely. Youth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was it was sort of nostalgic, but certainly not the uh, the best audiovisual quality, yeah, which yeah. is a bit of a shame, uh, I think. But Liam, what did you think of Slow Burn? Was it a slow burn on you? I don't love this sort of uh, sexy thriller. Oh, boy. Um, okay, here you go. I, I I just don't. It's just not <laughs> something that super appeals to me, unless the unless it's stylistically very interesting you know in the sense of its visuals and sure. the directing or if the mystery is super compelling and i and i just didn't find either one of those things here um i don't think it's bad at all and i certainly don't understand why it's been relegated to complete obscurity um i i feel like we've watched movies that eric roberts is in both from this time period and from later on that were uh actual trash and they had much more of a presence uh online and 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 uh in in sort of the availability sphere and yet this movie is is pretty good it's just not something that really clicked for me um i didn't love all the performances and, and i don't love how it looks um but it's not a bad movie by any stretch of the imagination um and it certainly it does it, it's not a slow burn it doesn't drag it's just mm-hmm. not it's not hugely interesting for me I, I i wasn't drawn in by it but there's nothing that is i think well, there's very little I think that is, you know, stupid about it. There's nothing, you know what I mean? Like, there's not a lot where I was like, ugh, come on. You know, it's it's just not something that appeals to me in a large way. Now, a lot of this movie features uh, Eric Roberts doing voiceover, sort of hard-boiled star, uh, style narration that goes over a lot of the images. Is that one of the elements of noir that you, you dislike, Liam? I'm not a huge fan of it per se, although – I don't know. I I felt like some of it worked here and some of it didn't, and and I don't know that that's Eric Roberts's performance because I I feel like I really liked his performance. Um, I I think it was more maybe the writing wasn't always great on it. Um, I'm not sure, but there were moments when I thought, oh, this is fine. You know, this is this is what I expect. This is what the movie is. And there are other times where I'm like, okay, yeah, I I I don't need you to play out this subtext. I get the subtext. I know what's happening. I don't need Eric Roberts to like have a it's it's like every scene he he's kind of realizing something about the scene that was kind sure. of obvious and that that part kind of bummed me out after a while it was not at first but it it wore on me you know matt one of the uh things that i both like and sometimes find frustrating about noir films is that their plots are very twisty and there's a lot of twists you know not twisty in kind of the modern hollywood sense but there's a like yeah. you are following along the plot with the uh, lead character as he discovers things, as you figure out what these characters' motivations are. Um, and in fact, uh, notably, one of the most uh, beloved film noir, uh, uh, the, uh, the Big Sleep, has a plot that doesn't even really make sense if you look at it too closely. Did you have trouble, Matt, following the pl- uh, the plot uh, in this movie, in Slow Burn? I kind of did, but I also didn't. I, I, I love when a noir like throws you for a loop where you think you know what's happening. Absolutely. And and then it's like, oh, no, that's, that's not what's happening at all. Uh, like uh, the twist in uh, in Chinatown. Sure. Like, well, the first time I saw that when I was in high school, I didn't I didn't see that coming. That that was wow. That, that kind of blew my mind. It still blows my mind. Uh, but, yeah, no, I uh, I liked how the story unfolded in Slow Burn. It was uh, it wasn't like a lot of like super out of left fields. Sure. Uh, I mean, there was one scene that I was uh, shocked at especially, but hey, it's fine. <laughs> you, you know, the, kind of the big centerpiece that occurs here is that we have Dan Hedaya, who plays sort of like a wealthy businessman, and he's married to Beverly D'Angelo, and his son is Johnny Depp in the movie. And Johnny Depp's character gets kidnapped, and there is a, an attempted exchange of money between the kidnapper, and uh, eventually, it starts with Dan Hedaya, and eventually it becomes Eric Roberts for twisty reasons. It's and- a very big Lebowski money handoff Absolutely. And in fact, I, I even some of the interplay between characters is kind of, you know, it gives a little bit more texture to these yeah. characters than you normally would see in a movie like this. Uh, but I do want to lead then into uh, spoiler territory here. Uh, and I know this movie isn't uh, probably hasn't been seen by a lot of listeners, but we mm-hmm. do discover later that Johnny Depp was murdered in this movie, Matt. 
This is probably yes. what you were referring to, the twist that you were not expecting. Uh, one of them. One of them? What was the <laughs> other one? I mean, now that we've already delved into the spoiler territory. Uh, that Beverly D'Angelo was like, you know, uh, evil. <laughs> she was evil. Uh, she's, yeah. She she beat a child to death. She, uh, she played them all like a fiddle. But uh, I guess that is one thing, though, because this movie has been posited so clearly as a noir, uh, you sort of suspect her from the beginning simply because the film, the, the femme fatale is such a integral part of the kind of the cliches of noir. But, but, but I, didn't, a, I didn't think she'd be that evil, though. Yeah, right. They do go a little <laughs> bit further than you might expect, though I have to say, watching the whole thing, I thought the big twist was going to be that Beverly D'Angelo was sleeping with her own stepson, Johnny Depp. Didn't end up happening that way, and probably for the better. Uh, Liam... You don't enjoy the old noir, you know, the old classic noir, your Humphrey Bogart, your uh, double indemnity, that sort of thing. But how about neo-noir, Liam? Uh, modern movies, or more modern, certainly, say, from the 70s and 80s, which take some of these tropes and they twist them upside down like your Blade Runner, Liam. What do you think about neo-noir? I would say it's the other way around. Cla- the few, I've only seen a few, but the few classic noir I have seen, I think were pretty good. Um, I, I always have a trouble. I always have some amount of trouble with older films that do have that sort of. Um, uh, uh, I'm trying to think how to, just, you know, that 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 way of speaking that feels very. It artificial. feels false to me. It mm-hmm. feels artificial. It feels performative, and so that's always a hurdle. But that doesn't mean I won't enjoy a film. It's just something I personally have to get past. The same way that someone might have trouble with a movie that moves very slowly, they have to get into almost like a space to experience that. Sure. If they're not in the right headspace, they will be able to. That's how I am with that kind of performative speaking is that if I'm not in the right mood, the minute it starts, I'll say, no, no, fuck this. I can't do it. I, I have to be in the right space to like engage it and listen and really hear it. Uh, and when I am in that space, I can enjoy it. It's more than neo-noir and it really breaks into the um, – so I'm trying to think of one that I've seen. Here's one. I don't know if you've seen this or not. Uh, maybe I'll get your thoughts on it too, Matt. But there's a movie by Ryan Johnson called Brick that came out a few years back. Love which, it. Which is sort Love of a it. noirish tale that takes place in a high school. But a lot of people, Liam, had difficulty with that movie because of just how stylized that dialogue was. Uh, for whatever reason, um, and again, maybe I was in the space, maybe it's because that movie – to me, falls over in into the dialogue is so stylized in that f- movie that it feels like unreal. It feels like um, it feels like not a real world that you're in, uh, and something about that works for me more. Mm, uh, but the the sort of the the neo noir films that uh, have all the subterfuge and grittiness. But none of that, um, I think, intelligence in some mm, ways. So I'm thinking of some of the '80s movies that are just, again, when 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 something you call something a neo noir and it's really just a sexy thriller. Sure. That that bums me out. I don't tend to love sexy thrillers, at least in my experience. Again, I haven't made a huge dive in any of these things. I've seen Blade Runner. I love Blade Runner. I've seen Brick. I've seen um, a few things that people might call neo noirs, sure. uh, like L.A. Confidential is a great movie, but. Uh, there's a few things from the from the 80s at least that I have seen that I don't enjoy that just feel like oh it's just a sexy thriller and I just don't care. That's fair enough. I do think that sometimes with neo noir they do tend to hit the elements that 1950s noir weren't able to do or 1940s I should say. 19, yeah, uh, and they take those elements like sex and violence and they kind of uh, you know really notch those up to 11 and sometimes it can take away from some of the things I most well, enjoy about the genre. Well, that's how I felt with this movie that it, it, okay, the two aspects, one, we already touched on Beverly D'Angelo as not just a bad mom, but like a, a woman who just can't help herself, but abuse children. <laughs> it's just comes out of nowhere and there's no real back. We just have to believe it. Like, Oh, thing. La- lady who's weird. I mean, I can accept that she's weird and that I'm, I can't trust her, but we then have to believe that she just is this child abuser. And it's not clear why or what, what, the connection isn't there for me. Or um, later on, we discover that, you know, another character um, is just sort of this uh, is basically functioning as a drugged up sex slave. Mm -hmm. And, and we have to see it too. It's not just something that we are told, but then we see it and it it feels, it doesn't feel congruent with where the rest of the movie is at. Um, In in fact, the the big shocking moment where Johnny Depp is revealed as dead, um, I guess is also a a bit of grittiness in the film, but, 
as I as I guess I said this probably last time, but I, I think it's worth saying again. You know, a lot of the voiceover from Eric Roberts, he keeps saying there's going to be murder. He keeps saying a story of murder. Mm-hmm. In fact, he gives you the preamble of murder three different times, so that I kept waiting for somebody to get murdered. It, 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 it's it's too much for it to just be. I know I said murder, but actually, there's no murders. Right. We're fine. <laughs> I, I knew I knew someone was going to get murdered. The only murder that made sense to me was Johnny Depp. And in fact, it made so much sense. I kept waiting to see who was going to get murdered that wasn't Johnny Depp. Right. And then when it was, I was like, okay, then that's then we're going where I thought we were. Okay, that makes sense. Matt, Matt, just to take a couple of steps back from what Liam was just rambling on about. Uh, before, <laughs> before, before before Ryan Johnson ruined the Star Wars franchise, uh, Matt, he made a movie called Brick. Have you did you see this movie? And if so, did you enjoy it? I have not seen it yet. Well, I highly recommend it. But I'm wondering, do you take umbrage with what I just said about Ryan Johnson ruining the Star Wars franchise? I do. Yes, you should <laughs> because you it's the some... only Ryan Johnson I've seen, and I love it. It's great. It's terrific. Everyone, look, haters. Back off, haters. That's what we say here on the Eric Roberts is the fucking man. <laughs> We've podcast. never said that. That's not a thing we ever. It's said. really. I think now. it might be our slogan. I think. Uh, back <laughs> off, haters. <laughs> this is a hater-free zone on Eric Roberts is the fucking man. Matt. Uh, now Liam has just said uh, a lot. Uh, really, just too much, if you ask me. But one of the things he was uh, referring to was the fact that that this movie maybe. Uh, leans a little heavy on the sleaze. In fact, we even have Eric Roberts videotaping some of the sleaze, like a peeper, uh, uh, peeping Tom. What did you think? Did you think the sleaze levels were a little high in this movie? Uh, most definitely. This is uh, this is this is sleaze cinema, as as one would say. That's we we but, say that too. Yeah, but it's something that I I dug it. I I dug. I was like, wow, this movie actually went there. This movie is actually <laughs> showing him videotaping this. This is bizarre. Uh, even though, you know, he shows the video later and I'm like, yeah, okay, but we saw him make that video. That's right. weird. Uh, but no, I, I dug the movie's style. I, I like that it was quote unquote willing to go there. Speaking of willing to go there, Matt, there's a part in this movie where Dan Hedaya runs onto a, uh, a, a police, uh, um, what do they call it? A crime scene. Crime scene, exactly. And he witnesses the corpse yes. of his yes. beloved son, Johnny Depp. Now, he, he then proceeds to make a noise, Matt. <laughs> uh, a noise that you don't normally uh, see in movies. How would you describe the noise that Dan Hedaya makes in that in that sequence? It was it was, it was like the sounds of a, of a dying hippopotamus mixed yeah. with a giraffe. Like I don't know. That was it was such a, such a scream of anguish where you know other filmmakers would uh, mute it. You know they sure. would just they would just show his screaming face, kind of like. Uh, uh, Al Pacino in Godfather Three, where they just mute him. They, you, you don't hear his scream. You know. Well, they had to. He was going hoo every couple of seconds. They had to. <laughs> they, 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 uh, Coppola had the the foresight to to mute his scream. Uh, the the director, uh, what's his name, uh, Chapman here, just said, uh, "Hadea, uh, go to town." I think they had to let him. They they had to let the cuffs off a little because not only is he giving a wailing scream at the death of his beloved son, but he also then immediately has a heart attack or what appears yes. to be a heart attack on this crime scene. So I guess it has to be kind of more than the traditional scream, or you might not get the uh, impact that he's like 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 overstressed to the point where his heart explodes on the screen in front of you, Matt. Uh, okay, yeah, I'll give you that, Matt. Aside from Eric Roberts, the lead in this movie, any uh, any performances stand out as particularly interesting to you? Uh, I liked uh, young Johnny Depp in his uh, Nightmare on Elm Street mode mm. and 21 Jump Street mode. I thought uh-huh. he played a, a good little prick. I, I, guess <laughs> you could, I guess you could say he was like this snotty little rich kid. He, that, he did, you know, he did <laughs> age into a real life prick, so it worked yeah, out pretty well for him. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, maybe he wasn't acting back then. <laughs> uh, but I liked him. I liked... Uh, the odd appearance of Henry Gibson. I thought I thought that was it was fun to see a Klopek. I I enjoyed that. Uh, Beverly D'Angelo is great. Really like her. Uh, yeah, I I do like this cast. Yeah, it's a I think it's a fun cast to see them kind of all together. But just sticking with the cast for just a moment before we move on to Eric Roberts, Matt. The the it is revealed late in this movie that there's kind of been a, there's kind of been a villain pulling the strings the whole time. 
And no one knows who the hell he is. And no one knows who he is. And in fact, he's not really credited. He's not credited at all, either in the closing credits or the IMDb page. So I'm actually not sure who this actor is. But I did want to get an, a, a feeling from you. What did you think of his performance? He He's kind of nondescript. He has very ridiculous hair, but it is the 1980s. But what did you think of, of him as the villainous person who then gets shot by Beverly D'Angelo and swept into uh, a some sort of hydroelectrical... <laughs> Uh, yeah. area where he, I guess he gets both shot to death and crushed to death at the same time. What do you think of his performance? He's creepy. Yeah. He's super creepy and uh, he's he looks like the kind of guy that you would expect to pop up in other movies of the era as like the creepy guy. He's a real creeper. I have to agree with you there. And, and I should mention that this, th- what I was just mentioning with Beverly D'Angelo shooting him at the end of the movie, this takes place in this beautiful uh, uh, windmill uh, strewn. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here, Liam? Not windmill. Like um, you mean it's a wind. It's a wind farm. It's a wind farm. So this is this really amazing looking wind farm that uh, if they, in fact they keep returning to in this movie. Really great visual. Uh, a really unique place for this to take place. Now, the visuals of this movie, it's kind of hard to judge them because we're watching it on such a low-quality version. But I do think they make great use of that, and I'm glad they actually staged the climax in it. Liam, uh, any any supporting performances stand out to you, and what did you think of this actor as the villain? Oh, you mean uh, handsome Rick Ocasek? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm pretending I've never heard that joke before, Liam. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, at least I knew his name this time. Last time I was like, the Cars guy. I was, I was hoping you'd bring guy. that up again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I've only got a few good jokes. I might as well play them. Um, yeah, you know, he's fine. He's definitely skeevy. Um, I really do think he must be a musician. No one is that sort of thin and attractive and uncredited who sure. isn't like a musician <laughs> of some kind. You know what I mean? He's got to be somebody. I just don't know who he is. Uh, I'm sure his post-punk record is really great. He was the um, singer for Rat. For Rat. He's not. Is that really the singer for Rat? I have no idea. No. Maybe it is Rick Ocasek. There's some there's some fans of metal right now who are like yelling at their MP3 player. <laughs> First of all, no fans of metal listen to this fucking. Uh, here's 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 the thing. The dude is fine. His only role is to be you know handsome and sleazy at the same time, and to like fake inject a young girl's butt with heroin, and that's it. That's all he does in the movie. You know, he's there's he's got nothing there. Right. So what little he has, he he does, I guess. Um, it, it, you know, it, it's his role is kind of weird because the whole time you think it's going to be Beverly D'Angelo that that killed off Johnny Depp for any variety of reasons. And then when it turns out to be him, it's like, oh, OK, I guess it's that guy. It's not he, he doesn't have much of a role other than to be the guy who you didn't see coming. You didn't see him coming. I didn't see him coming. That's a great way of putting it, Liam. Sticking with you, Liam. Let's talk about Eric Roberts, the actor. He is the lead of Slow Burn. There is no uh, lack of Eric Roberts content here. He's in almost every scene in the entire movie. He is very young, especially for a lead in a noir-ish movie, which tend to, you know, be a little more grizzled uh, than you would see with a uh, compared to a young Eric Roberts, who is, I have to say, incredibly attractive in this movie. He was a very attractive young man, and uh, and mm-hmm. certainly uh, he, he, you can believe that characters fall for him. Uh, which you kind of have to for this plot to work. Liam, what did you think of Eric Roberts in Slow Burn? I thought it was really great. I mean, he has to be, I think in order for this plot to work, he's got to be hot. Because the the whole idea is he's got that kind of um, melancholic, because he's kind of a loser. He drinks a lot, but everybody wants to fuck him anyway. Yes. And uh, and he just sort of falls into this thing. He, he's, he's screwed up his life. But but he hasn't screwed it up so much that he's hopeless. Um, I think only an attractive man could pull that off, and, and especially the fact that everywhere he goes, everyone is sort of, uh, you know, they want to think something good of him, but he's kind of screwed it all up in in some ways. Um, I I don't know, but he also people don't trust him a little bit, you know. I I, I think he needs to be that kind of beautiful man to to pull that off. <laughs> I think he does it. I think you really believe him. He's sincere. But, you know, he's not uh, he's not undangerous in, in a way, you know, that he's got there's got to be something about him that you think he could pull some of this movie off. And I, th- I think he brings that. But it's not a role where he's a villain. He's not he's not sleazy, Eric. And and, uh, and I think that works for for this character who is both he's got to be sad, 
and he's got to be got to be sincere. And I think he brings both those things to it. All right, that, I think that's that's very uh, very accurate, uh, Matt. How about yourself? What did you think of Eric Robertson's slow burn? Oh, he's terrific. I didn't think once I realized it was a neo noir when it basically when it first started, I was like, is he old enough for this? Uh, like you guys were saying, but he pulls it off. He he does it very well. He plays a plays plays a good detective. I mean, maybe not a good detective, but he plays a detective well. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean to say, uh, I like him in this. I, I like his voiceover narration, and usually that's what makes or breaks a uh, a noir for me. Is is the narration good? Sure. And in this, he's he's pretty good. He's good at it. I like him. I like him here a lot. Actually, this will. This would be one of the Eric Roberts movies that I would recommend to people if they could find it. <laughs> if they could actually find it. If this was able to be seen, then yes, of course. Well, Everyone should see Slow Burn if you can find it. I hope some distributor is listening to this episode, and I'm sure that they are, uh, and, and may track this down. Honestly, I'm a little surprised that with an appearance by a young Johnny Depp that this has not been yeah, re-released in some form. And now, Liam, I know that you think that Showtime probably hasn't released a lot of their work in the 1980s. There's probably a few films that ha- hasn't been, haven't been made more available. But, uh, but it is still kind of unusual. Uh, this is one that I think deserves more eyeballs on it. But this does bring us to the very theme of this podcast, this ridiculous podcast that we're all trapped into making. Starting huh. with our guest today, Matt Curion. Yes. <laughs> is said Eric... it right. Yeah, I know. Hey, I'm... <laughs> what are you talking Practice about? makes perfect. I... I've said it right every single time, Matt. Um, Matt, is Eric Roberts the fucking man in Slow Burn? Yeah. Damn right he is. I like that. I like affirmatives. Uh, Liam, the contrarian? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he definitely is. Hey, I, I haven't asked yet. Is Eric Roberts the fucking man in 1986's Slow Burn? I was so excited to say he is that I just said it anyway. He is. I'm going to concur and say that Eric Roberts is the fucking man in 1986's Slow Burn. I, I think it's a very interesting uh, neo-noir, sort of a forgotten movie in a lot of ways, considering uh, the amount of talent that surrounds it, both uh, in front of the camera and behind it. Uh, I should mention, by the way, that Joel Schumacher, the famous director, he actually produced this movie. I'd like to see it get out there and uh, have people rediscover it a little bit. A bit of a hidden gem, uh, one of the rarities here on Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man, where we find what I would consider a hidden gem. Liam, I know that you are of mixed uh, feelings on it, but Matt, I think, would agree with me that uh, this, uh, this one deserves to be rediscovered. What did you say matt rediscovered should we rediscover it it should be rediscovered and remastered please <laughs> somehow just toss an old vhs copy on dvd and at least i'll be happy with it uh and, we, but they have to leave in the auto tracking please oh please <laughs> maybe it's the only copy left in the world it's hey it could be i would doubt it folks we need to take our final break when we return we're going to talk with matt we're going to do a little plug-in and we're going to say good night That was episode number 89 of Eric Roberts is the fucking man. I want to give, boy, last time I gave him a big thank you, I'm going to give an extra big thank you to our guest today, Matt Curion, who not only took time out of his busy schedule to join us, he did it a second time after Mr. Man, that being me, botched the thing horribly the first time. Matt, thank you so much for joining us. You were a delight, uh, as would be expected. Where can people find your content, your beloved content on the internet? Love that tent. Uh, you can find me on the Twitters at the Real Matt C. Uh, I use the same name under everything, so uh, Instagram, Letterboxd, all that fun crap. You can find find me there. You can also find me over at Talk Film Society, where I'm the editor at large, uh, putting together some articles for everyone, and uh, some podcasts are in the works. And yeah, 
it's uh, it's it's fun. It's good times. We've had some talk film society writers on the program previously. They're always uh, wonderful. They're always intelligent. They always know their stuff. And I guess because you're the editor, Matt, you're basically the king of all of them. I'm one of uh, the many, king. I'm one of the few kings and queens that are over there. You're the king, and we'll just leave it at that. Over cool. to over to you, Liam. Liam, who are you the king of? Um. Well, nothing, but I am the master of Cinepunks. Yeah, you're the king slash master of Cinepunks.com, the website that you uh you are the the head of. Liam, uh, what's been going I on? Like, with... I like going with master instead of king because I'm not royal, but I am in charge. Well, <laughs> Liam, no gods, no masters. Yeah. What's going on? No, at that's true. Oh, <laughs> God dang it! I guess I'm just the chief. I guess that's good. That chief, is offensive is that okay? on a slightly different level. That is cultural oh. appropriation. Oh, gosh, darn it. I wasn't even thinking. I was thinking like editor-in-chief. <laughs> oh, gosh. Liam, as I mentioned oh. before, I cannot edit this out. I just can't. So, unfortunately, you're just going to have to live with your horrific That's racism. That's fine. Just, <laughs> just, just, Twitter, just tweet at me that I'm a racist. It's fine. I Liam, will. No problem. Hashtag. You didn't I'm need so to remind canceled. me. Uh, Liam, what's going on at Cinepunks? Uh, and please announce to the people the special project coming in 2019. Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, we have a lot of things at Cinepunks, but the big project is uh, Doug shaved his legs, and now he's going to post pictures of them on the website. Yeah. I have a nice, Ooh. smooth legs, and yeah. I, I mean, honestly. Oh, also, oh. we have a new podcast called uh, The Flight Stuff that is an Alpha Flight podcast. It uh, is, you know, really me and Adriana, but we let Doug come on just because he's Canadian. It's pretty cool. I needled my way in. I was like, you're doing a Canadian-focused podcast. I got to be a part of that. And Liam's like, no, I don't want to do another podcast with Doug. And uh, eventually, I uh, I pushed my way in, Liam. Now, what is this Alpha Flight? Who, who's what's, what's Alpha Flight? I've never heard of this thing. Well, um, Alpha Flight is a uh, comic book from the 80s that was uh, the first Canada-only, Canada-focused super team. Uh-huh. Um, it was sort of uh, Canada's Avengers, maybe I guess you could say. Maybe Canada's. I, I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, it, it, it's a it's a comic that is interesting. It makes uh, a lot of uh, interesting decisions about its characters. Some progressive, some regressive, um, and just does just does some weird stuff. So I think we are, uh, you know, the 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 first uh, podcast to take that on. Well. We're not. <laughs> but we are going to be the biggest and brightest. Uh, this is Alpha, uh, what's it called? The the Flight Stuff coming to your podcast uh, uh, homes in 2019. You can also follow it on Twitter right now at Flight Stuff Pod, I believe, Liam. That is correct. And they I can follow. Followed. Yeah, you should. Everyone should follow. It's going to be great, wild stuff. I have to be honest, Liam. I'm not really very familiar with uh, Alpha Flight as a super team or as a comic book, but I am there to correct you when you try to make uh, inflammatory, inflammatory, I should say, or just false statements about my beloved home country of Canada, uh, and particularly when it comes to one of the characters named Marina in the super team, Liam, who is from Newfoundland, which is where I'm from, and I do not want you to get some sort of weird. Uh, thought like that she might be um, inbred, <laughs> which is I mean, a, a I mean, reference we, to our first episode that people we literally talked about the inbredness of your homeland for yes. you know an entire episode, uh-huh. uh, and also Marina's only in five issues total in the whole entire series of the thing. So there you well, go. Well, I'll be taken off <laughs> after <Yeah. those laughs> issues are done. Uh, you can of course also follow Liam on Twitter at Liam Rules. That's R U L Z. Is that correct, Liam? I mean, they shouldn't, but they can. They should, and they could, and you can follow Cinepunks on Twitter as well. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter. I am Doug underscore Tilly. That's T-I-L-L-E-Y. And if you want to find out more about Eric Roberts is the fucking man, and why wouldn't you, you can go over to ericrobertsistheman.com or on Twitter at E-R-I-T-F-M or do a search for Eric Roberts is the man on Facebook. You can also check out my other podcast, No Budget Nightmares, which uh, focuses on micro-budget and shot-on-video cinema. We just returned as of the uh, date of this recording. You can go over to NoBudgetPodcast.com and check all of that out. But with that said, boy, it's time after a second go-around, it's time for us to <laughs> say goodnight once again. We shall be back in just a couple of weeks with another Eric Roberts classic. Good night, everybody. Eric Roberts is the fucking man. Eric Roberts is the fucking man. Eric Roberts is the fucking man. If there's anything that you can do, Eric Roberts fucking.